0: Chapter 10 Carrying the Banner. To carry the banner means to walk the streets all night, and I, with the figurative emblem hoisted, went out to see what I could see. Men and women walk the streets at night all over this great city, but I selected the West End, making Leicester Square my base, and scouting about from the Thames Embankment to Hyde Park. The rain was falling heavily when the theatres let out, and the brilliant throng which poured from the places of amusement was hard put to find cabs. The streets were so many wild rivers of cabs, most of which were engaged. However, and here I saw the desperate attempts of ragged men and boys to get a shelter from the night by procuring cabs for the cabless ladies and gentlemen. I used the word desperate advisedly. For these wretched Homeless ones were gambling a soaking against a bed, and most of them, I took notice, got the soaking and missed the bed. Now, to go through a stormy night on with clothes, and in addition to be ill-nourished and not to have tasted meat for a week or a month, is about as severe a hardship as a man can undergo. Well fed and well clad, I have travelled all day, with the spirit thermometer down to 74 degrees below zero, 106 degrees of frost, and though I suffered it, it was a mere nothing compared with carrying the banner for a night, ill-fed, ill-clad, and soaking wet. The streets grew very quiet and noisy after the theatre crowd had gone home. Only were to be seen the ubiquitous policemen flashing their dark lanterns into doorways and alleys, and men and women and boys taking shelter in the lee of buildings from the wind and the rain. Piccadilly, however, was not quite so deserted. Its pavements were brightened by well-dressed women without escort, and there was more life and action than anywhere else, due to the process of finding escort. But by three o'clock the last of them had vanished, and it was indeed lonely. At half-past one, The steady downpour ceased, and only showers fell thereafter. The homeless folk came away from the protection of the buildings, and they slouched up and down and everywhere, in order to rush up the circulation and to keep warm. One old woman, between fifty and sixty, a sheer wreck. I've noticed earlier that night, standing in Piccadilly, not far from Leicester Square, she seemed to have neither the sense nor the strength to get out of the rain or keep walking, but just stood, stupidly, whenever she got the chance, meditating on past days, I imagine, when life was young and blood was warm. But she didn't get the chance often. She was moved on by every policeman, and it required an average of six movers to send her doddering off one man's beat, and on to another's. By three o'clock she had progressed as far as St James's Street, and as the clocks were striking four, I saw her sleeping soundly against the iron railings of Green Park. A brisk shower was falling at the time, and she must have been drenched to the skin. "'Now,' said I, at one o'clock to myself, "'consider that you are a poor young man, penniless in London town, and that to-morrow you must look for work.' It's necessary, therefore, that you get some sleep in order that you may have some strength to look for work and to do work in case you find it. So I sat down on the stone steps of a building. Five minutes later a policeman was looking at me. My eyes were wide open, so he only grunted and passed on. Ten minutes later my head was on my knees and I was dozing, and the same policeman was saying roughly, Here, you, get out of that! I got. Unlike the old woman, I continued to get, for every time I dozed a policeman was there to route me out along the way again. Not long after, when I had given this up, I was walking with a young Londoner who had been out of the colonies and wished that he had been out there again, when I noticed an open passage leading under a building and disappearing into darkness. A low iron gate barred the entrance." "'Come on,' I said. "'Let's climb over and get a good sleep.' "'What?' he answered, recording to me. "'And get running for three months, Blime me if I do!' Later on I was passing Hyde Park with a young boy of fourteen or fifteen, a most wretched-looking youth, gaunt and hollow-eyed and sick. "'Let's get over the fence,' I proposed, "'and crawl into the shrubbery for sleep. "'The bobbies couldn't find us there.' No fear, he answered. There's the Park Guardians. They'd run you in for six months. Times have changed, alas. When I was a youngster I used to read of homeless boys sleeping in doorways. Already the thing has become a tradition. As a stock situation it will doubtless linger in literature for a century to come, but as a cold fact it has ceased to be. Here are the doorways, and here are the boys. But happy conjunctions are no longer affected. The doorways remain empty, and the boys keep awake and carry the banner. I was down under the arches, grumbled another young fellow. By the arches he meant the shore arches where begin the bridges that span the Thames. I was down under the arches when I was trying to artist and a, a bobby comes in and CHASES ME OUT AND I COME BACK AND HE COMES TOO AND HE SAYS WHAT ARE YOU DOING HERE AND OUT I GOES BUT I SAYS THINK I WANT TO PINCH THE BLEEDING BRIDGE OR SOMETHING AMONG THOSE WHO CARRY THE BANNER GREEN PARK HAS THE REPUTATION OF OPENING ITS GATES EARLIER THAN THE OTHER PARKS AND AT a QUARTER PAST FOUR IN THE MORNING I AND MANY OTHERS ENTERED GREEN PARK It was raining again. But they were worn out with the night's walking, and they were down on the benches and asleep at once. Many of the men stretched out full length on the dripping wet grass, and with the rain steadily falling upon them, were sleeping the sleep of exhaustion. And now I wish to criticise the powers that be. They are the powers, and therefore they may decree whatever they please. So I make bold only to criticise the ridiculousness of their decrees. All night long they make the homeless ones walk up and down. They drive them out of doors and passages, and they lock them out of parks. The evident intention of all of this is to deprive them of sleep. Well, in good. The powers that be, yes, they have the power to deprive them of sleep, or anything else for that matter, but Why, under the sun, do they open the gates of the parks at five o'clock in the morning and let the homeless ones go inside and sleep? Why not? If it's their intention to deprive them of sleep, why do they let them sleep after five in the morning? And if it's not their intention to deprive them of sleep, why do not they let them sleep earlier in the night? In this conviction, I will say that I came by Green Park that same day, and one in the afternoon, and I counted scores of ragged wretches asleep in the grass. It was Sunday afternoon, the sun was fitfully appearing, and the well-dressed West Enders, with their wives and progeny, were out by the thousands taking the air. It was not a pleasant sight for them, those horrible, unkempt, sleeping vagabonds, while the vagabonds themselves, I know, would rather have done their sleeping the night before, And so, dear soft people, should you ever visit London town and see these men asleep on the benches and in the grass, please do not think that they are lazy creatures preferring sleep to work. Know that the powers that be have kept them walking all night long, and that in the day they have nowhere else to sleep.